The reading this morning is from Genesis chapter 39. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favour in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care, with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. This is followed by Potiphar's wife trying to entice Joseph and then lying about him to Potiphar. We pick up the reading in verse 19. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, This is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him, put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed his kindness and got him favour in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Thanks very much, Hazel. Well, in the first part of my talk with the kids, I showed us how Joseph points us to Jesus. And the reason I did that is because Jesus uh, said a few times that the whole of the Bible points to him. So when we read these stories of Joseph or maybe David and Goliath, we're not supposed to just learn a moral lesson from it or just think it's a nice story for Sunday school. We're supposed to see uh, Jesus coming through the pages so that uh, thousands sometimes of years later, when Jesus did appear on the scene, people who knew these stories would think, hmm, I've seen this somewhere before, you know, I'm going to look back at these stories and then they'd understand something more of Jesus' life and his identity and why he was around. But uh, there are plenty of other things for us to learn from the story of Joseph and I've just chosen one thing to talk about and that is trusting God in tough times. My name's Sam, which means that I was once baby Samuel as well. (laughs) And uh, since then I've had lots of happy experiences and some sad ones. That's just normal life, isn't it? And in the sad times, it's normal for people who really aren't religious to involve God in the question and ask things like, how could God let this happen? Or does God care? Or does God even exist? Particularly, uh, as Christians keep saying that God is loving, so how could God, how could a loving God allow suffering? Now, I've got something to help us with this uh, this morning. The cardboard boxes are staying in my garage, but uh, I've gone into my garage again and pulled out something else. Here we go. So I hope you can see that 
This is like two sliding scales. Okay? Um, on one side, it shows how good life is. So up here, life is pretty good. Uh, we're happy. Circumstances are good. Things are going well. Here they're a bit, you know, average. And here they're going pretty badly. So this is life's circumstances on this side. And over here, we've got, this is God's heart. This is how much God loves, how much he's willing for us to uh, have a good time, how much he's blessing us, we would say. And we kind of expect that when this was high, this would be high as well, wouldn't we? And as this went down, this would go down as well. Well, we're going to see if that's what we see in the story of Joseph. And I hope you see it's not as simple as that, um, which is why we at Christ Church want baby Samuel and everyone in here, actually, to grow up trusting God in the good times and the bad times. Because God is worth trusting and tough times are never wasted. So let me use this sliding scale to recap the story so far. Uh, Joseph was the favorite son and had a nice coat made for him, so happiness is, is up here, really. And then he had a dream. And in the dream, God showed him that God had chosen Joseph for a purpose. So God's love is all the way up here. And uh, Joseph was pretty happy at that point. But do you remember that Joseph's brothers hated him? And so his happiness is going down. And in fact, they were going to kill him. My happiness would be down here if my brother was trying to kill me. But they actually didn't kill him. They settled for selling him into slavery. So that's not too bad, is it? You know, maybe here. Not, not as bad as it could be. At least he wasn't dead. He was a slave. So he went to Egypt as a slave, and that's where we pick up the story today. And I want to draw out a couple of th well, three things that we learn from the story. Um, as it develops, we see, first of all, that God allows suffering. Here's Joseph as a slave. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. But unfortunately, he doesn't stay as a slave because the story, or at least the chapter of it that we read today, ends with him in prison. So Joseph's circumstances have gone from bad to worse. When his master heard the story his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. Now, in this service, I'm not going to focus on the situation with the wife. It's pretty clear to all of you what happened there. Um, but Joseph was tempted, and even temptation is a form of suffering, isn't it? Because we have to um, exercise a bit of self-denial. Uh, temptation, by definition, is something that you do want. Nobody is tempted by a celery stick. It's the chocolate that calls out to us from the cupboard, isn't it? It's something that we want that tempts us. And so resisting it is hard work because we want it. We have to deny our desires. It's a subtle form of suffering. So J Joseph was a slave. That's bad enough. Then he had to resist temptation. That's bad enough too, which he did successfully. And then he got into trouble for it. Did you, have you noticed in these videos how many people are angry with Joseph? It's like all his brothers and then Potiphar's wife and then Potiphar, they're all going, Arr. He was in trouble and then he ended up in prison. And the point is, God didn't lift a finger to stop any of it. 
God allows suffering. But secondly, God sticks around in suffering. When you read this chapter of Joseph's life, the suffering is actually very much in the background. And what's right in front of you and what stands out is this little repeated phrase, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord Lord was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. I think it says it four times. God was 100% with Joseph to bless him and to love him. Even though Joseph's circumstances were right at the bottom. Now, I hope that's a little bit surprising. If we think God is on our side, we expect life to be okay. God was on Joseph's side, and life couldn't really have been much worse. So, what can we learn about God's relationship to human suffering from this? And I want to put a disclaimer here and say that pretty much every page of the Bible has something to say about suffering. So I'm not going to be able to cover, I'm not even going to be able to scrape the surface this morning. But I just want to say two things that come out quite clearly from the story of Joseph about God and human suffering. Firstly, God is more interested in your character than in your comfort. Difficult times build character. And on its own, that's no guarantee that your character will improve. I've seen people who have suffered through difficult times, and it has changed their character for the worse. But when God is with you and you are listening for his voice, and you're praying, you're hearing the Bible taught, you're reading your Bible, then God will use that suffering to shape you in wonderful ways. Now, there was a photographer. I've got a picture of him. This guy is called Ansel Adams. He was born in 1902 and died in 1984, which means he was a photographer before digital cameras existed. And because of that, he was using old-fashioned film, which had to be developed in a dark room. And he became a master of manipulating scenes in the dark. And in fact, uh, he developed a, um, a technique where every little bit of the photo had just the right amount of exposure so that no part of the photo was too dark and no part of it was too light. This is one of his fav- famous photos. And uh, this recently sold at auction in 2020 for $988,000, nearly a million dollars for that photo, because it is recognized as the work of a true master, someone who is good at manipulating these scenes in the dark to bring out perfection and beauty. Now, by the end of the story of Joseph, Joseph's character is a work of art. And he's, he's one of the greatest people in the Bible. I'm sure if you'd never been to church before, you'd probably have heard of Joseph. He's one of the most famous people. And it was only because of the way God, the master photographer, was manipulating those dark times to bring out beauty and character. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul wrote, we gladly suffer because we know that suffering produces perseverance Perseverance, character, and character, hope. God sticks around in suffering to build your character and give you hope. And I hope I don't say that as someone who's never experienced any suffering, and I hope I'm not saying it naively. God gives us hope in our suffering. God's more interested in your character than your comfort. God is more interested in your salvation than your success. Success might mean living a long and comfortable life with a nice car, a nice house, and dying a peaceful death. Salvation 
means being justified before God and having eternal life beyond the grave, which is free from death and suffering and pain and sadness, which is obviously better if it's true. So God is offering salvation, and sometimes he uses suffering to show us temporarily that our comfortable lives here and now, it's not all there is. There's something better to be longed for. Now, in the Joseph story, it was Joseph being in prison, right at the bottom there, that eventually took him to Pharaoh and eventually meant that he would save the day. And it was the hunger of his brothers, literal hunger from famine, that brought them to Egypt and reunited the family and saved them wonderfully. So they were saved through suffering. Again, the Apostle Paul wrote, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Just want to tell you very quickly about one of the early heroes of the Christian faith called Justin Martyr. We don't have a photo of him because he lived in sort of 150 AD. But this is the place where he was born in in, uh, the modern day. Justin Martyr uh, was a wealthy man. He was born to a very wealthy family. He was very well educated. And so he was going to live a long and comfortable and happy life in those days. But he wasn't satisfied, and as he was walking along a beach, he met, an old, he met an older man who talked to him about Jesus and just said, you know what, you're going to live a long and comfortable life, but I found something better. Justin Martyr believed him, and he was, Christians were suffering at the hands of the Roman emperor at the time, and Justin wrote to the emperor, you can kill us, but you can't harm us. Because Justin had become a Christian, and he realized that no amount of harm the emperor could do to Christians could actually harm them. They had a hope that went beyond the grave. Justin Martyr was killed by the emperor. He was beheaded. But at that moment, if what Jesus taught is true, he received a crown of glory and eternal life in the presence of his saviour. Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard said, the tyrant dies and his rule is over. The martyr dies and his rule begins. Salvation is much better than success, but success is comfortable, so sometimes we need to suffer to see that. God allows suffering. God sticks around in suffering. And finally, God is good to us in suffering. Let me read from our story again. While Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care, because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Now, we read that little bit, and I think we think, Joseph's done well. Things are good. Forgetting, perhaps, that he's a prisoner in a foreign country. He's hundreds of miles from home. He never said goodbye to his father. His father thinks he's dead. His brothers hated him. Um, So wait, Joseph hasn't done well. Things are bad. But things are good at the same time. God is good to us, even in suffering. It's both. We suffer, and God is good. There's a book in the Bible called Lamentations. And as the title suggests, it is all about misery. It's a lament. It's a sad poem of utter desperation because of intense and relentless suffering. 
And yet a lot of Christians' favourite Bible verses come straight out the middle of that book. Here they are. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I found that most people who love those verses are the people who have suffered the most. And it's the people who haven't suffered at all that say, I can't believe in God. I can't believe in a God that would allow so much suffering. I've got a few names in mind, um, quite famous people who have said exactly those things. And yet when you look at their lives, they have lived very happy and comfortable lives. And yet I know that some of you have suffered immensely in this room. And I'm sure those words are precious to you. God allows suffering. God sticks around in suffering and uses it for our good. And God is good to us in suffering. Let me wrap it up. I know it's warm in here and it's hard to concentrate. I've talked a lot about suffering and this is a happy occasion uh, with the dedication of Samuel. But I hope what you remember is not how terrible life is, but how good God is. Uh, When I visited a Bible college in Uganda, the students were poor and they... uh, They had all sorts of problems that poverty brings that we would never even dream of in this rich country. But they had a little call and response that they did at the beginning and end of their services that went like this. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And that is his nature. Wow. And then being Uganda, they all like burst into applause and cheers and woo, this kind of stuff. So God is good. Now let me close in prayer and uh, let's reflect on that during this week. Father, Thank you that you are good. Please help us to trust you in good times and help us to trust you in bad times. Hanging on to Jesus' promise, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Amen.